Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today we're going to be learning to comprehend God's authority. Sometimes it's confusing when God allows things to happen that doesn't measure up to our expectations. So maybe you're scratching your head, wondering why God allowed something bad to happen to you and your family, or perhaps you're discouraged because you feel abandoned by God. Well, today Rabbi Schneider is taking us to the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, and he's going to remind us that God understands our suffering. And I hope I hope that today's teaching, it brings you a sense of peace and calm, knowing that God is squarely in control. So let's begin. Here is Rabbi Schneider with a quick overview. Shalom uvracha, beloved ones. Peace and blessings to you. The book of 1 Samuel in the section of scripture that we are in takes place in the context where Hannah or Hannah had been unable to conceive. She went to the temple, started praying to the Lord there. Eli the priest saw her praying. At first he thought she was drunk. When he realized she was grieving, he agreed with her in prayer that God would open her womb. Months later, a short time later, Hannah is back at the temple. God had opened her womb and she had given birth to the boy Samuel, who became one of Israel's greatest prophets. And so as we pick up today, we come to the place in Jewish history where Hannah had brought her boy Samuel to the house of the Lord. He had just got done being weaned. She presented him to the priest there, Eli, and together they dedicated Samuel to the Lord to live for him for the rest of his life. This is where we get the tradition in the Christian church of infant dedication, right out of the book of 1 Samuel. And right after Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord, she burst forth into a prayer or a song that begins in chapter 2. In verse number six, when I said the Lord kills and makes alive, he brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low and he also exalts. And I'm talking about the fact that we need to expand our understanding of the ways of God to include a paradigm by which we can perceive circumstances in our life whether good or bad, as relating to the Lord. In other words, many of us have a paradigm where we think that the good things in our life are from the Lord and the bad things in our life are from the devil and never the two meet. But that's not the way Hannah saw it. She said, the Lord kills and makes alive. She continues, he brings down to Sheol a painful, painful reality and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low. He also exalts. Whether someone is poor or rich, she said, the Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low. He also exalts. She said, listen, if someone is struggling in life, that's from the Lord. If someone is exalting in life, that's from the Lord. So we have to ask ourselves the question, are we right in thinking 
that when something bad happens, it's necessarily the devil's doing and has nothing to do with the Lord's doing? Or do we rather, as the Hebrew writers most often did, ask the Lord whether something is happening in our life that's good or bad, do we rather say, God, what's going on? Because everything that happens to me in life, I need to filter through your eyes and ask you, what are you doing in this? What are you saying in this? How do you want me to respond to this? Because you are God and there is no other. Your word says in Deuteronomy 4.39 that you're God in heaven above and on the earth below. And of course, Isaiah said, the Lord causes well-being and creates calamity. And I am speaking today as a Jewish believer in Yeshua Messiah, that we need to get the mind of God by understanding the way that the writers of the Hebrew Bible understood God. They understood him, beloved, in more full terms and in a greater reality that many of us in the New Testament church do. And so in my life, if there's something that's hurting me or something that's bad that's happening, I don't just blame it all on the devil. Because to me, God is God of everything. Yes, it might be the devil, but why is God allowing it? What purpose may God be having in this? When the devil attacked Job, God allowed him to attack Job. And God had a purpose in it. Because after Job was attacked from the devil... Job said, you know what, God, after God had brought him through that terribly painful ordeal, Job came to the other end and he said, Lord, Lord, now that I've had a struggle and prayer and anguish to try to understand what was going on with me when I was struggling so terribly after I had to seek your face through all of this and all the confusion I was in, and now you finally brought me through it. He said, now, Lord, I know you. So God had a purpose in his allowing Job to be attacked. And I believe that you and I need to be called back to a biblical perspective to stop blaming everything bad that's happening in our life on the devil. When Jesus stood before Pilate and he was completely calm and rooted and Pilate was like scared, he said, what's the matter with you to Jesus? Don't you realize I have the power to crucify you? I mean, I believe Pilate was shaken when Yeshua stood before him, rooted and grounded in the God of all being, without a fear in his bones, Jesus said, you would have no power over me unless it had been granted to you from above. Did you get it? We know that the devil literally entered in to Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus, but did Jesus blame his crucifixion on the devil? No, Jesus said, you would have no power over me unless it had been granted to you from above. So yes, Jesus understood that the devil was at work, but he didn't see the devil as Lord and reigning. Jesus saw the devil having an opportunity only to operate under the real Father God's authority. And you and I, beloved, need to start viewing our life and perceiving our circumstances in the same way. Yes, the devil does attack sometimes, but we need to stop just saying, oh, God's good and he would never allow the devil to attack me or, you know, this can't have anything to do with his purpose. No, we need to say, Lord, why did this happen? Why did you allow it to happen? 
what do I need to learn from this? Help me to respond to this the right way. Maybe the Lord allows something bad to happen to us, allows the devil to do something in our life that causes pain because he wants to strengthen us. How did Jesus get strengthened? By battling the devil in the wilderness for 40 days. In the Hebrew Bible, we find a high view of the sovereignty of God. Not like the weak view that so many in the church have today, but theology that basically divorces God from anything bad that ever happens in the world. I've seen, for example, when calamities strike the earth, especially sometimes when they happen in cities in the world that are just filled with sexual perversion and vanity and all the things that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God and something happens, a natural disaster or whatever. God forbid that a Christian prophet should ever say, I believe this is a judgment of God. When they do that, I've seen it happen. The whole church jumps on them. The world jumps on them. Did you see what this narrow-minded, hateful Christian said? He said that that pain and suffering that came upon the people in that city was a judgment from God. And so Christians are afraid to open their mouths that God would ever judge something because it's not politically correct to do so. But beloved, if we're going to conform our mind to the word of God, we have to recognize God does bring judgment. Over and over again, we see him bringing judgment, whether it be on Sodom and Gomorrah, whether it be when God opened up the ground and swallowed Korah and those that were in rebellion against God's leadership, whether it was when the serpents bit the children of Israel in the wilderness and thousands died, whether it was when Israel went to war when they weren't living in alignment with Hashem's will, and as a result, God allowed them to be put to death. Beloved, we have to recognize that God is good, and in Him there's no darkness at all. But because He's good does not automatically equate to that He would never cause something or allow something bad to happen. Because God can oftentimes bring about a higher good through bringing us into a painful time. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back. If you're looking to better equip yourself in your study, pursuit, and growth in Jesus the Messiah, be sure to go online and explore our treasury of Messianic content. You'll find Messianic teaching tools and videos, information about God's seven annual feasts, the Hebrew names, titles of God, and so much more. This content is ready and available for you today online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Just as this program has been a blessing to you, you can multiply the blessing with others. It's simple when you become a monthly partner. Give a financial gift of any amount today or set up your monthly automated gift by calling this number, 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. Or you can visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com when you give your equipping others for Jesus' return. And now, here is Rabbi Schneider. I've seen many people in life that they weren't living for God. They might have been nominal believers at best. And then all of a sudden, a tragedy happened in their life. And as a result of the tragedy, whether it be a physical tragedy, whether it be the loss of a job, maybe it, whatever it might be, I've seen them as a result of going through the tragedy. They were broken in their own strength and gave their life to the Lord at that point. And that tragedy became the link that brought them into a relationship with Father God. The same thing is true, beloved, for you and I. 
Remember when Jacob, the father of Israel, the father of Israel, I say, because it's his 12 sons, right, that became the 12 tribes of Israel. We read the story of Yaakov, which is Jacob's Hebrew name, wrestling with the angel. And Jacob called this angel the angel of God because at the end he said, I wrestled with God. The angel said to Yaakov, you've wrestled with God and man and you've overcome. So in this episode, people in the Jewish community understand it differently, but I believe that the angel was God himself in a pre-incarnate form. That means that he manifested himself in the physical universe to wrestle with Jacob. And the Bible says that Jacob wrestled with him all night. And at the end of Jacob, wrestling with God all night, God dislocated him in one of his joints. And for the rest of Jacob's life, it says he walked with a limp because God had dislocated him in one of his joints there. And to me, what that means is, is that when Jacob wrestled with God and God broke that part of his body so that Jacob walked with the limp for the rest of his life, what that says to me was, in order for Jacob to become the father of the 12 tribes of Israel and to have his name changed to Israel because the Lord changed Jacob's name in that incident to Israel in order for Jacob now to fulfill that calling to be the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. He had to walk with a limp for the rest of his life because the limp was a symbolic representation of the fact that he was walking in weakness and having to depend on Hashem, on the God of Israel. You see, he had a physical weakness in his body, and in that physical weakness in his body, it was a reminder that he always needed to cling to God to be strong. And so God brought that dislocation of his hip. Why? Because God was changing him to make him dependent upon him and to become the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. So let's move away from the shallow theology that we often are seeing in our culture that says that God can never be responsible for anything bad. And let's mature, beloved, and recognize that there's only one God, that he's not up in heaven with his hands tied, fidgety, anxious about what's going on down here on earth. No, he's God on earth, just like he is in heaven. Yeshua said that not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from the Father. So let's begin to process our life and everything that's going on around us, not by saying it's the devil, it's the devil, I rebuke you, devil, I rebuke you. No, let's say, God, what's going on here? Help me to understand what's going on here from your perspective. Help me to respond to it how you want me to. If it involves taking authority over the devil and putting him under your feet, by all means, take authority in the spirit and the word and do that. But let's not try to perceive what's going on apart from the lens of God, but let's understand everything through the lens of God and understand that ultimately our God is sovereign. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. He is Adon Olam, the master of the world. And when we read the writings of the Hebrew prophets and the writers of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, we see that this is how they understood God and his operation in the world. And we as a church need to come back to this biblical reality, this biblical paradigm, and stay focused on seeing our life only through the lens of God 
rather than having this dual concept of things as if the devil's over here, God's over here, the two are fighting each other, and somehow God's got a little bit of an edge and he's gonna win in the end, but maybe not in this battle. No, God is the Lord in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Let's continue on. In verse number eight, he says, he raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. So this is really touching to me because when I think about who I am and the brokenness that God saved me out of, He's delivered me from brokenness, saved me out of mental illness. He's lifted me up, stabilized my life, blessed me, given me a beautiful wife, great children, a beautiful everything. God had mercy on me. This is what she's saying. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. You know, Yeshua said, everyone that humbles themselves will be exalted. What does it mean to humble yourself? It means to become dependent on the Lord, to not rely on our own talents, to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought, to live with the spirit of contriteness and humility before the Lord, to recognize that without Him, we're gonna be blown away. We're gonna be chaff in the wind that the devil is gonna destroy. To walk in humility, beloved, is to cling to God, to recognize that without Him, that we are completely vulnerable and alone. And in coming to this place of contrition and dependency, to come to this place of having a broken heart and clinging to God, the result of that is that He will lift you up and exalt you and honor you. And this is what Hannah or Hannah is saying here. I want you to know today, as you and I continue to truly humble ourselves under the spirit of Hashem, there's a guarantee in the spirit realm that we will be exalted. I want to encourage you today, keep pressing forward in your faith. You're going to have to let go of the world. You're going to have to break free from it. But as you focus on Yeshua, He is going to lift you up. You're listening to the Bible teaching ministry of Rabbi Schneider right here on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. And if you'd like to learn more about this nonprofit ministry, then we would like to invite you to visit us online. And you'll find us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And well, we all know that God is sovereign. So when things are going well for us, it's not hard to give Him thanks and praise. But when we're facing a crisis or a challenge, it's easy for us to question Him instead of giving Him thanks. But that's why it's so important to remember that God is a good Father and He wants to lift us up. And if you're looking for ways to help lift others up this year, would you consider partnering with us? We would love for you to work with us as we reach people all over the world with the uncompromising truth of God's Word. And to share more about that, let's turn our attention back to Rabbi. I've always liked a very simple approach to ministry in both my preaching 
and beloved ones in helping God's people understand why it's important to support ministry with our finances. I'm reading a very simple portion of scripture I've referred to before, but I love it because it's so simple and so authentic. Listen to what John says in the book of 3 John, verse seven and eight. Speaking of those that are sent out to preach the gospel, he says this, for they went out for the sake of the name. And then he continues in the eighth verse by saying this, therefore, we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. You see, not everybody's called to do what I do. Not everyone's called to travel to Africa, Israel, preach the gospel on television all over the world, etc. But you can have a part in the lives that are being changed through my ministry, beloved ones, by supporting this ministry. I want to ask you if you believe in the word that I'm preaching, if you believe in me, if you believe that there is authentic fruit and if you're being helped, I want to ask you to support this ministry financially. You're going to be blessed and have a reward for the lives that are being saved and changed. To partner with us this year and join your fellow listeners who automate their monthly giving, call 800-777-7835. Or you can visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also give a monthly donation with your smartphone. Just text the keyword rabbi to the number 45777. Your partnership in prayer and regular giving is vital to this ministry. And as our way of saying thank you for your financial gifts, you'll receive a personal prayer call from someone on our team who will equip, encourage, and pray for you. And you'll also receive an engaging and an insightful newsletter from Rabbi Schneider that's prepared each month especially for you. And then for our new monthly partners, we have an additional token of appreciation, an authentic handcrafted shofar made in Israel. It's a great conversation conversation starter. And when you proudly display this beautiful shofar on your mantle or in another prominent place in your home, you'll be continually reminded that reaching the Jewish people with the love of Messiah is really at the heart of what we do. So we hope to hear from you soon. And right now, let's close today's message titled Comprehending God's Authority with a special blessing. What I love about the ironic blessing is that it did not originate with man. The words actually proceeded from the very essence of God himself. The blessing comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 6. So listen to these words and receive the blessing of the Lord into your life today. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem Lecha The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. The Old Testament is more than a collection of traditions. Rather, it paints a rich and colorful picture of Jesus, proving that He is indeed the Messiah, drawing from Hebrew tradition, where prophecy is multidimensional, in Messianic prophecy revealed. Rabbi Kurt Schneider unpacks scripture that not only declares the future, but he reveals how the whole of scripture points to Christ. Call 800-777-7835 or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com and be absolutely confident that Jesus is the Messiah. Messianic Prophecy Revealed. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider reveals God's real plan for our lives. That's coming up Friday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.